This is the recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Friday, January 5th, 2024. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. Macomb City leaders hope to bring more small businesses to town this year. To aid in that effort, the city will host a competition. Tri-States Public Radio's Rich Egger reports. This will be Macomb's second such contest. The first one was in 2018. Do you remember who won? Good evening and welcome to Fergatonia Brewing for our Thursday night trivia night. Fergatonia Brewing topped the field in the winner-take-all competition more than five years ago. This year's business contest will be different, according to Savannah Ballard. She's Macomb's Marketing and Downtown Development Director. She says the city will award three prizes, not just one. In addition, the last contest was for businesses looking to open in the downtown area. This time around, they can be looking at any vacant space in town. Every business is going to have individualized needs, so being able to expand the parameters past the downtown will really give an opportunity for the business owner to be able to have a space that truly fits their needs. Also this year, more types of potential businesses are eligible to participate, including retail, service, and industrial companies. And existing businesses that are looking to expand are eligible. The competition will begin with an informational meeting on February 6th at the Spoon River College Community Outreach Center. That will be followed by a series of weekly workshops. The contest will conclude on March 21st. That's when the entrepreneurs will make their pitches to a panel of judges. The event at Park Place in downtown Macomb will be open to the public. We're hoping to have a lots of people from the community there, and so it's just going to be a really fun, exciting environment for everyone to enjoy. Forgotonia Brewing opened about a year after winning the first contest. Co-owner and brewmaster Sean West says it was helpful to go through the classes during the competition because it put him in touch with a lot of other people who were also looking to open businesses. We were able to uh, share ideas and share information with each other. Um, it also gave us a lot of uh, publicity. So the ball was rolling, but it uh, increased the velocity. And West will be involved in this year's competition. He'll lead one of the classes designed to help entrepreneurs learn how to open and run a small business. Rich Egger reporting. The Galesburg Public Safety Building was evacuated for a short time after a resident brought in a mortar for police to dispose of. The device was placed in the grass outside the building and the Peoria Bomb Squad was called in. The Bomb Squad found there was no explosive material in the mortar and it was taken away for safe disposal. The resident found the mortar while cleaning out a relative's garage. Some Iowa counties say they could fall short of having enough money to fund roads unless state lawmakers take action. Iowa Public Radio's Sheila Brummer explains. Woodbury County Engineer Mark Nara says changes to Iowa's new property tax system mean a loss of millions for his county alone. The limitations that were put on property tax growth under House File 718 affect the county road department's ability to raise revenue out of property taxes. NARA says counties that do not meet the minimum tax levy will lose road tax fund money and matching farm-to-market funds. 
NARA estimates over a 10-year period, the cost for Woodbury County will be more than $26 million. It'll result in some deterioration of our primary paved routes in the county. NARA says about a dozen Iowa counties with lower tax levies will be impacted in the next two to three years if lawmakers do not modify the state law this upcoming legislative session. In Sioux City, I'm Sheila Brummer, IPR News. A report published by one of Illinois' leading labor researchers found university employees are paid 21% less than employees with similar jobs as state agencies. Capital News Illinois reports higher education unions plan to push for greater state funding in response to the report. This push comes at the same time a state commission is working on a proposed funding model for higher education that would mirror the state's K-12 funding formula. A draft model suggests state higher ed funding is potentially billions of dollars short of being adequate. Governor J.B. Pritzker is slated to propose his budget to lawmakers next month, but early estimates project an $891 million deficit in the upcoming fiscal year. Illinois' Child Welfare Agency is getting a new permanent director. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is nominating Heidi Mueller to lead the troubled Department of Children and Family Services. Mueller currently heads the Illinois Department of Juvenile Justice, a post she's held since 2016. Mueller starts at DCFS on February 1st in an interim capacity, as she'll need to be confirmed by the state Senate. In our feature for today, there is a lot of money in Illinois politics. Politicians are weaponizing their war chests in ways that threaten the election process. In her recent piece for the Democracy Solutions Project, Chicago Sun-Times chief political reporter Tina Svondelis looked at campaign finance in the state and how big money is causing big problems for Illinois voters. She joined Illinois Public Radio's Mary Dixon to talk about it. Good morning, Tina. Good morning. So in your piece, you identify multiple issues that are affecting state elections, including self-funded candidates and legal loopholes. What's going on? Um, well, it's there's a lot of problems in Illinois. As you said, there's a lot of money, which leads to more problems. I do detail some of the issues, including meddling in primaries, which we saw last year with uh, Governor Pritzker in the Republican primary for governor. And that was him giving $24 million to the Democratic Governors Association so that they can run ads in the Republican primary. You, I'm sure you remember those because there were so many ads running in that campaign. But it was boosting Darren Bailey, um, saying that he was too conservative for Illinois. And what that does is that riles up Republican primary voters. They get they get really upset or they get really animated and they kind of do what the ad tells them to do. And in that case, Pritzker wanted to face Darren Bailey over the moderate candidate, Richard Irvin. And that that strategy worked for him. Um, aren't there state laws that regulate how money is spent in political races? Yes. So I went down uh, the history books for Illinois. And in 2009, Governor Pat Quinn was the first person to, tr to try to get campaign finance reform on the books. And that was a year after former Governor Rod Blagojevich was arrested. And obviously that was tied to contri uh, campaign contributions. So in 2009, Governor Pat Quinn, he gets a reform commission together and he finally does get a law on the books. And in that case, there were contributions, uh, limits for uh, corporations and unions, for individual donors, and for political action committees. So back in 2009, um, this law would have put limits on PACs. As we know, that is not happening. Um, and that changed in 2011 because of the Supreme Court decision 
in which they said that super PACs could not have limits. So Illinois went back to the drawing board in 2011, and they allowed super PACs to have unlimited amounts of contributions, which is what we have seen ever since. And then there's the issue of self-funding loopholes, right? Yes. So that was originally in the 2009 bill. And I talked to Governor Pat Quinn. He says he did not intend this to help millionaires, but it does help millionaires in that anyone who can give $250,000 to their statewide campaign um, blows the caps, meaning they could put in limited, unlimited amounts into their campaign. And so that has been happening ever since. Obviously, we have had Bruce Rauner as a governor, Jamie Pritzker, for however long he wants to be governor. So we have been led by these really wealthy candidates who are making extraordinary amount of contributions to these campaigns. If we agree that this use of big money is a problem, is there a solution to it? I think there are multiple solutions. We are seeing them play out in several cities and states. Evanston last year became the first city in the state to enact a public financing program. So under that new program, candidates for mayor will be able to receive funding matched at a nine to one ratio. So that means that people can give up to $150 for each candidate and and then have that match to a nine to one ratio for by the public government. And that is a way for residents who do not have a lot of money to be able to play a role in big elections. That was Chicago Sun-Times chief political reporter Tina Svondilis speaking with Illinois Public Radio's Mary Dixon. Their conversation is part of the Democracy Solutions Project. It's a collaborative effort among WBEZ, the Chicago Sun-Times, and the University of Chicago's Center for Effective Government. In the weather for our listing area for today, it should be mostly cloudy with a high in the upper 30s, with southeasterly winds at 5 to 10 miles an hour. For tonight, there's a 50% chance of snow, mainly after 10 o'clock, It'll be cloudy with a low in the upper 20s. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.